Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, a weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock, looking at the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurks that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David Amy. And welcome to episode 24, The Collection. David, if you would, give us a quick synopsis slash summary of this episode, please. Jenna can't start eating. Angie is now following Tracy around set and making all of his decisions. And people who collect cookie jars have deep childhood issues and they need to see a therapist. And they never get the corner office. That's ever. The guys with the weird hobbies never get the corner office. Well. (laughs) I feel like that's changed. Anyway, uh, no, this is... uh, Continuing basically right from where episode two of this season started off or ended, uh, this is continuing with Angie admits she's going to be on Tracy all the time, so she's now part of Thirty Rock. She's going to be there every day. Uh, Jack is still trying to be a chairman of GE, so he's now hired someone to look into his past to make sure there's nothing weird that he has to worry about them finding out about him. And now Jenna, with the fame of all of her being overweight, is now having to deal with that, but uh, she just can't keep up, and now she's actually losing weight, which is has funny results. It's good for her health, but not for her career. Nope. The fat she needs to, to stay funny. Keep Jenna fat, keep Jenna funny. That was what he said, right? Sure. Yeah, anyway. Um, no, this is a, a really solid episode. Uh, we get the premiere, not premiere, debut, debut. <laughs> Debut of Lynn Wozniak, Steve Buscemi's character of 30 Rock. He's Jack's personal private investigator, and he shows up. He, less than someone like Dr. Spichemin, um, but more along, I guess, maybe say his mother, he shows up when he needs to, and he's always really funny. He's just, it's Steve Buscemi, you know, like he does what he does, and he's just really good at it. He did get an Emmy nomination for this episode, which uh, I don't. Uh, I don't want to say he didn't earn it, but it just felt weird that this is what he got an Emmy nomination for. This has changed a lot in the past few years, but in older times, a lot of guest nominations went to names, big names. Basically, if a big name did a guest arc in Law and Order or some medical show or some procedural or obviously some sitcom, they often got nominated. Yeah. I feel like it shifted a little bit in the stream age when there's so many shows. I feel like. Since there are, they actually had to change the rules to you, if you appear in more than half the episodes, you can't sit for guests. Because there were a lot of people who were basically recurring characters, but were still submitting guests because they didn't necessarily have a lot of screen time. But anyway, to the, the, the point is, like, it, it shifted more to it since there's so many shows. It, it's a, a little more performance based than it used to be. But yeah. Okay. I mean, that's fair. I don't really follow the Emmys. I know that you follow the Emmys pretty heavily. Um, so is there a certain amount of episodes you have to be in to be considered to be an Emmy nomination or can you just be in like one episode for a season and potentially get an Emmy nomination? So I, I think you, bait, you more or less decide your category if you're going, but like between lead and supporting, I, I think the, the only rule is for the guessing and the answer to that because of what I just said, people who are appearing I guess they weren't listed, they weren't officially billed as regular cast members, but they were appearing too often. So that was the first rule I'm aware of in terms of um, what category, you know, what role. I I don't know what you call it, what, like, character, you know what I mean? Like, lead, between lead supported guests, like, I don't know what you call that. 
tier class tier tier maybe yeah, I'm know. not sure I don't know that much about the showbiz um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, Steve Buscemi's always really good on 30 Rock. It's just this was the one that got him the nomination, and it was just, he does a good job, and he's funny here, but he, he gets wackier and funnier as the series goes on, so I think he might have blew his load trying to, uh, or blew his... Try that one again? Uh, I don't know if there's a better way to say that. Blew his chance, maybe, with uh, nominating for this one as opposed to other uh, eventual episodes he'll be on, but either way, he's still really solid and really funny. And again, it's another one of those compacted episodes. We don't even see the writer's room in this episode. None of the writers are in this. It's it's just Tracy, Angie, Jack, Kenneth, um, Jenna, and Liz. And that's really about it. All the important people. All the So far, what season two has shown us, all the important people. Um, so uh, any other ramblings before we jump into it? Let's jump into Let's it. Let's jump into it. All right. We get another good cold open, as always. Well, not as always, but we get a good cold open so far. Their track record's been great this season. <laughs> Three episodes in. Um, but just it sets up Jack's storyline and a little bit of um, a little bit of Liz's storyline. One day, sir, this whole city will be yours. Oh, hey, can I talk to you? You always ruin everything. I have to apologize for him. He's been a bit tense since we found that I'm up for the GE chairmanship. Yeah, that's why I'm here. I got a call from some lawyer today who's asking me what kind of boss you are and how long I've known you and what animal best describes you. What did you say? An eagle with the head of a bear. Thank you. Your respect means the world to me, Lemon. I can't believe it's starting already. What is? GE is vetting me. They're trying to see if I have any skeletons in my closet. It's what they do with all the presidential candidates. Do you think they'll find anything? Oh, yeah. I've done some things, Lemon. That's why I hired a private investigator to look into my own background. He'll spot any red flags before GE does, and that way I should be able to stay ahead of this. Wait, you hired someone to investigate yourself? That's weird. Well, you do the same thing with your therapist every week, don't you? I had an amazing breakthrough with my therapist this week. I was ring, talking ring. about that dream that I have all the time where you find... Hello? I'm sorry, I have to take this. Yes? Well, she's Wait, right here. Fake phone. She'll be right down. What else is going on? <laughs> That's fun. That's one of my favorite cold opens of this season. It's just so charming, and it almost seems like just improv of what... Like, we know... Like, they, he, she knows he's going to answer the phone, the fake phone, but... Doesn't know what she's what he's gonna say, and then even she's like, and she once she realizes, she's like, wait a minute, that's a fake phone. She's just having fun with it. I don't know. It's just it's a fun little cold open. I like it a lot. <laughs> but uh, we return from the cold open, and we see that Angie is hard at work at keeping Tracy on task. What's going on in here? You're on time for work. The woman in your dressing room is your wife. Sorry, Angie, that... I let Tracy back in my life on two conditions. One, this. Bling, bling, that is ghetto fabulous. This belonged to Brooke Astor. It's very nice. And the other condition, I'm with him all the time. All he gets to do is work, eat, love on me, and sleep. Isn't that right, baby? I'm whipped. Angie got me up at 7.30 today. Did you know in the morning they have food, TV, almost everything? It's pretty good. I did know that, yeah. Liz, I need your help. I can't do this alone. Tracy's like a horny child. He needs constant adult supervision. 
Will you help me out when I'm not here? If it keeps him like this, yes. Will you be able to do that without falling in love with him? Also, yes. I think this is going to be great, Angie. I think you and me are going to make a great team. Oh, you looking for a sassy black friend? Oh, no, I didn't. Well, you got one now, girlfriend. Go. <laughs> Who is Brooke Astor? Is she some sort of famous New York person? Yeah, the Astor family is like known for being rich and glamorous and old, like old, old money, rich, etc. Is she so. an actress or is an actress or just she just literally <laughs> comes from money? No, the Astor family. They're like a rich dynasty of, of, of old You can say Astor money. family. That doesn't mean anything. Okay, well. I mean, I could Google them and figure them out. It's like the, but... you know, like the, the, the Vanderbilts, like Rockefeller, just like old, super like high tycoons, class old money just, type. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. John Jacob Astor, he was, shit. I want to say fur trade. You can edit that out oh. if it's not fur trade. <sighs> You're going to force me to put this in my Google search, so thanks a lot. Yeah, you're right. He made his fortune in the fur trade and by investing in real estate in or around New York. So just old, old waspy white people just having money. But in a 180... Wait, wait, wait. Oh, I want to say... Yeah, yeah, yeah. One last thing. Go ahead. I do find it hilarious and also very true to character that Tracy is amazed by the fact that they have food and things in the morning. Yeah, that you can basically find the same stuff you find in the afternoon and or night <laughs> in the morning. And that he's happy to be whipped. Well, seemingly happy to be whipped. More I mean, to come. There's some things in the morning you can't get in the evening, like breakfast at a lot of places. I so I mean, know. there's a lot of places that do breakfast for right, dinner. Right, but now. is Biscuitville open in the evening? I don't think so. They don't have Biscuitville in New York, so it's okay. It doesn't matter. That's it not does matter. You can't use a specific and then get called out on it. Sucker. That's something that you can get in the morning. You can't get in the evening. He could probably get on his private jet, fly down here, and go back to New York. It's like an hour. Flight, maybe. Uh, well, yeah. Hour or two flight. How long is it to get to New York from here? Hour and a half? I think hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. yeah. But maybe I feel like the wait at the airport was longer than the actual flight. But that's Perhaps. just because we get there early. Yes. Yeah. This is all getting cut, so say anything you want to say now. Jet fuel doesn't melt. Chemtrails! Vaccinations! <laughs> Jessica Biel's anti I saw that. I'll tell oh, oh, Of course wow. she is. I'm not genuinely curious, but I'm curious what their kids are like. They have children? I would imagine her and Justin Timberlake. Yeah, I didn't know they had children. They have kids, right? I don't think so. Maybe they do. I don't well, know. Maybe they shouldn't now. No, they, obviously they shouldn't if they're not going to vaccinate Jesus. them. Did you? I saw, this is crazy, in Austin, Texas, which is obviously like a... a what the, the hippie mecca like there's there was some school that like the kindergarten class had only like a 50 percent vaccination rate which is insane to me please tell me it was a class of two children no oh, this God. is like and for some reason vaccinations are where like the far left and far right stretch around so much they like meet in their craziness because like what is it like uh, i don't know like far right just like not trusting like science and government to give you whatever far left is like we don't want these toxic chemicals giving our kids the autism or whatever whatever well, it's the people that are fighting the autism i feel like they're on the left they're, they're on the right it's more like we don't want chemicals just because we don't want we want our kids to be quote-unquote pure so i don't know if the hippies are really so much worried about like their kids getting autism or it's just well like, i guess it's probably mostly chemicals but probably some autism yeah. right but well i think far right is more about we don't want the government to mandate what right. we have to give our children yeah Probably more autism on that side. You're right. I'm, you know, the, the, all of the uh, all of the Scientology talk that we've been doing, plus the anti-vax stuff that we're talking about. I'm curious, what's a more diabolical like 
I'm not gonna call either one a cult, although one is definitely a cult. But what would be like a worse group to be in? The anti-vax cult? Or the anti-vax group? Or Scientology? Obviously anti-vax because if you get a lot of kids who aren't getting vaccinated and spreading measles and like or diseases that should have been, that were eradicated for the most part a long time ago and start spreading them again, that's much worse for the, not to say that Scientology keeping people as like literal slaves isn't terrible either, but it, it doesn't like, it affects, it doesn't affect as many people, right. I guess. Yeah. But it could still affect children. Well, yes. The t- <laughs> but those children will probably live because they're probably being vaccinated. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Scientologists like vaccinations. It wouldn't surprise me if they were anti-vax, to be honest, but I don't know enough to know. It's just... I think, like, Scientology anti-vaxxers have always been around, but, and again, they're, like, the vocal minority, so if you pay attention, you're probably hearing more about it than you need to, but it's just, like... Well, the internet has definitely amplified it. Yeah, it just, it shouldn't get to the point where there's 50% of a classroom that may or may not be vaccinated. It's just like, that's just, that's crazy. Like, of course you as a, as a parent are able to do whatever you want with a child. For the, well, except when it comes to vaccinations. Well, you can't do whatever you want with a child. There's obviously, but in terms of their safety, I feel like vaccinations aren't some sort of government tactic to control your children or you. They're literally just to make sure to control, or not, sorry, not control, but to help everyone. They're there to help the population so we don't have measles and smallpox and all this other nonsense potentially wiping people out. It's crazy. It, it's just, it's a group of crazies, and I, and it's all Jenny McCarthy's fault. It is not all. But well, no, it's not it goes all like, all it's the person it's who released who, the study who, that was a total then, hoax that's really. Yeah, who then has said, yeah, I was his, lying. It's his about fault, that, is probably the biggest. People still refuse to. They'll listen to him saying that it's a hoax and then not. Ugh. People are the worst. Anyway. Huh. <laughs> Speaking of vaccines. Speaking of vaccines. No, we're not. Uh, uh, then, then we come back and Jack has done a complete 180 on Jenna regarding her... Uh, I don't want to say fat. He keeps calling her fat. But to her newfound uh, fame. Miss Maroney, here's today's fan mail. Are there any from prisons? Are there? Federal... <gasps> God, putting on this weight is the best thing that ever happened to me. People actually like me now. There she is. There's my star. I don't think I wanted you to lose this weight. It sounds so crazy now. <laughs> I know. Oh, and I saw your Enorme commercial. It's fabulous. What's Enorme? It's the number one fragrance for plus-size women. Enorme. Available exclusively at your local drugstore. Do not use if menstruating. Can't plus size women wear regular perfume? So it's kind of hard to hear, and this is another, I gotta think, IMDb trivia for this, but throughout that commercial, there's someone whispering under all the music, and they say, Gracissima, Balena, and something else that I can't quite make out, but the translation is, I believe Gracissima means very fat woman. Um, I think Balena means female pig uh-huh. and then the third thing that i said that they'd say it's, it's over the credits but i i forgot to pay attention during the credits but they play the song over the credits and the third thing they say translates to whale oh but it's also kind of fun in the music terms because they say whale and then there's a ooh, so it sounds like a whale sound and it's just like that's so mean but again it's just one of those jokes if you don't say if you don't speak italian you're just like oh it just sounds romantic or it sounds i guess sounds i mean grassissima sounds like it's referring to something 
Well, yeah, no, yeah, but I mean, if you have, if you don't even bother to look up what it means, just like, oh, this sound, this fits, like, and it, it's like, it, it makes me think, like, I said, like, uh, I was, like, the most prominent one is Duel of the Fates from Star Wars. That like, there's like a, a giant chorus that's playing, and all of the stuff I assume is either Italian or or Latin. It, it's some language that it's just not known to Americans or English. And I'm just, every time I hear gigantic choral stuff in a trailer, I'm just like, I don't know what they're saying. They could literally just be saying anything, but it sounds good because it's a choral ensemble and they're just, the, 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 the drama, the drama of what they're singing and how they're singing could just be singing something epic. But I'm just curious, part of me just wants to think like the translation just results in them saying music, music, music. <laughs> I don't know, just saying something completely random and, and unattached to what they're actually singing about but i'm sure that the lyrics do translate and one day i'll decide to not be too lazy and look up what the lyrics to do with the fates is but or you can just learn latin oh no easier said you're right i should just do that um but i don't know i just it's one of those things is like it sounds fine if you don't speak the language but i'm sure there are latin viewers watching this thing and they're calling her fat they're calling her a whale and calling her the italian viewers sorry yes italian. <laughs> who knows latin latin speakers <laughs> it's well i think most of them work at colleges or something probably <laughs> all hundred of them yes yeah uh, yeah the italian viewers are probably like oh they're being mean to jenna i wonder how many people actually got on that yeah hey it's fun though uh, Jenna, your career is really taking off now. And on a personal level, I just like you more when you're fat. Thank you. It's all happening. Okay, let's shoot these promos. Uh, can I get some makeup for Tracy, please? Hi, sweetheart. How are you? Hey. Let's see. Oh, hell no. Oh, actually, here's you. Thank you. You let me watch the act? Thanks for meeting me here, Mr. Donaghy. Yeah, I get it. Discretion. Uh, I wouldn't want to talk about this in my office anyway. Yeah. Also, my gym is right over there. So, uh, how does this work? That's pretty simple, really. I'm going to go through your life with a fine-tooth comb. And the more information I have, the easier this is going to be. Now, have you ever been arrested? I have. The 1976 Democratic National Convention, but it's okay. I was there beating up hippies. And what about your family? Any skeletons there? My brother Eddie sells faulty sprinkler systems to elementary schools. My cousin Tim fixes NBA games. My mother's an Olympic-level racist, but as for the rest, they're too drunk to do much of anything. Unless getting thrown out of a Chili's is a crime. <laughs> Any weird sex stuff I should know about? You know what? Don't tell me. I like to find that out on my own. I'm a watcher. Okay, I'll get started on my end of the process. Now, is there anything else you want to tell me now? Nope. That's pretty much it. That's what they all say, Mr. Donaghy. I'll be in touch. Hmm. One more thing. If I sign a friend up at my gym, I get a free hat, so... Think about it. Setup, the setup of this scene makes it look like he's a really good private investigator and we realize he's actually it's just because it's convenience is the only reason he's in this potentially seedy looking under the bridge uh, area but uh, so uh, Jack mentions he has a cousin do you say cousin or nephew or something named Tim Donaghy who is actually a real person and did fix NBA games in uh, late 2007 he was found guilty 
and he was charged on betting and fixing NBA games, um, which he received 15 months in federal prison. What a topical joke. Yeah. At the time it was. It was. Um, Yeah. So he's obviously, he served his time since then. He's gone on to write memoirs and stuff about how corrupt the NBA is, just trying to, I guess, make some money. Um, But yeah, I thought I'd I'd never caught that reference because I'm not a sports person. But I do remember hearing when the whole thing was going down about someone fixing NBA games, but I didn't know, I I never knew a name of the person, so... It's nice to now have a name uh, and a face to to match the joke there. Um, still fake, obviously, but or fake joke, obviously. Anyway, I want a free hat. You want a free hat? Yeah. We'll we'll get you to the gym, and you can get well. You well, you can't get so you get him a hat, but then I've got to join to get you a hat. Archer, you can join the gym. Yeah, you need it. And I'll get a free gym. hat. You get heavy. So while Angie's away, Tracy will play. Hey, Liz Lemon. I've been reading the newspaper to come up with some ideas for some topical sketches. So this week, can we do business section? Tracy, I love it that you're trying to help. Everything is great. Thanks to Angie. Yeah, word. Where is my lovely wife? Oh, she had a step on. She had a hair appointment. Oh, I'm going to a strip club now. What? No, you can't. I can't let you do that. I'm sorry, Liz. This is who I am. You can't ask a bird not to fly. You can't ask a fish not to swim. You can't ask a tiger not to turn back into a Chinese dude at midnight. Angie is going to kill us. I feel bad about doing this to you, Liz Lemon. I really do. And the only way I could feel better about myself is to get booby slapped by a coked out Russian stripper. I'm out. So I don't know what the Chinese tiger other than like tigers are from China, that's the only like reference point that I can think to make. It's a very weird. I mean, it's 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 also kind of racist. Yes. Um, but it doesn't really make sense. I'm not sure what the joke there is, other than just a racism joke. It's kind of it's kind of bad. But uh, in the looking up for what China tigers are, I learned the lyrics of Duel of the Fates, and I was wrong. It's not Latin or it's not Italian. They were Sanskrit. But there is a translation of what they mean and what they are. Uh, it means, under the tongue root, a fight most dread, and another raging behind in the head. So it, rhymes. it makes sense in what it's talking about in regards to Star Wars. But it's still just, it's kind of nonsense, I guess. I don't know. It's poetic. It's something. But yeah. Do you have any commentary on the Chinese tigers? No, it just sounds like it's vaguely racist. Oh, yeah. Hardly vaguely, but yes. Innately. Strongly. (laughs) While Jack tasks Kenneth to keep Jenna fat and keep Jenna funny, he checks back in with Lynn to get an update on his PI investigation. Which that's redundant because it's. So what have you got for me, Len? Well, Mr. Donaghy, you're pretty clean, and your sex life checks out real nice. Thank you. There are a couple of things though that could get in the way of this promotion. Like you should probably give up your membership to the all-white Woodvale Country Club. That is not an all-white club. What about Johnny Carlos? He's ethnic. He's the king of Spain, Jack. I don't think that counts. <laughs> all right, I'll resign. You also have an undocumented domestic employee. Manuelo? No, I need Manuelo. I could never pay an English-speaking person that little. They'd starve. All right, I'll send him home. All right, well, that's it. 
Unless you think I missed something. No, I think you've been very thorough. It's been a pleasure doing business with you. Oh, Jack. One last thing. You don't have a massive collection of cookie jars, do you? How did you find out about that? Collector of the Year. Congratulations, Victor Nightingale. Thank you. Yes, I'm Victor Nightingale. This is bad. CEOs don't have thousands of cookie jars. Weird little guys in bow ties do. You hear what I'm getting at? What? You're saying it's a gay thing? <laughs> you wish it was a gay thing. This is worse. You gotta get rid of them. No. I'm not doing that. I've already made enough sacrifices for this company. They're not gonna get this. This is Rudolph Giuliani, in 1987, with his collection of antique wooden dolls. That's a fake. Giuliani doesn't collect dolls. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't, because he incinerated them. In 1989, the year he ran for mayor. He looks so happy. Oh, Jack, the choice is yours. You can either be the head of the largest corporation in America, or get buried in a bow tie with a bunch of cookie jars. Did you know, according to early estimates, the newest Spider-Man movie is poised to be one of the highest grossing movies of the summer? And the sky is blue. What a, what a shitty, shitty take. What? I don't understand. What is that? Where is that from? According to early estimates, the newest... Well, duh. I need early estimates to know that. I know, right? <laughs> number one, Avengers. Number two, Lion King. Number three, maybe that. You think Lion King will beat out Spider-Man? Oh, for sure, absolutely. The Lion King might actually beat Avengers a bit, depending on how good the word of mouth is. Seriously, yeah. I'm, I'm saying it has to have, but if it has like really good work, because it's a perfect storm of people our age, people our age who have young kids. It's just like it's a perfect and storm. It, I think it is arguably yeah. the, the most fan favorite of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Aladdin is at like already at 300 or 400, and it's not nearly as beloved as Lion King. So. So I think there's I like not well I don't know how likely it is, but I think there's a chance if it does really well, it could it could beat it. We'll see mm. though. That that's but I, 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 mean, I, I expect of of Dumbo, Aladdin. Oh, well, Lion Dumbo King. was a business. well, it made over hundred, but I think it's yeah, I mean, relatively. It, was, it wow. seemed like it literally just came yeah. and went. Like I didn't even realize it came out, and then by yeah. the time I realized it was coming out, it was pretty much gone. But yeah, Lion King makes the most sense. It's releasing at the best time. School's out. It's arguably the fan favorite of that whole Disney renaissance period. Yeah. I mean, Beauty and the Beast has so much star power. 500. So it'll definitely yeah. surpass that. I mean, okay, so Avengers is like 850, I think. So yeah. that's high, but I, I could see it doing it if, if it's everything goes right. Like if the yeah. reviews, if the reviews are strong, like I could, it, it has a chance to I beat think, out Avengers. I think the, the biggest thing it's got going against is the fact that it's calling itself live action and it's mostly CG. But I think the performances will get praised. I don't think Beyonce will get as much praise as people might think she'll get. I don't mm. think she's a good actress. And the stuff that I've seen her in, she always looks like she just doesn't want to be there. She looks like she's just kind of like, well... I don't know. I haven't seen her in I've only seen Dreamgirls and that Austin Powers movie she was in, I think. You've seen an Austin Powers movie? That seems very out of character for you. Did you go with friends and they forced you to go? Or did you choose to watch that? No, it was in a movie theater. Because I've seen it twice. <laughs> In the theater, and then multiple times I think it was like, then. it was in the theater, and that was, I don't know, that was just the only movie that seemed vaguely interesting. I don't know, it was a long time ago. Jeez. I mean, I, I like to find... What was that, like 2001? 
Uh, I have a ticket somewhere. It's somewhere near Spider-Man on there. Uh, I think I kept it. I know I definitely saw it. I mean, it was around 2001, I feel like. 2001, 2003. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it twice. July 28th and then again on July 30th. Wow. I wow. loved it. Yeah. I love Austin Powers. I did the same thing for Signs. I saw that on August 3rd and, and then again on... Uh, September 1st. I don't know why I was wasting my time on this. Okay, fine. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. I don't have enough of an opinion on really on Beyonce. I think she's a fine singer. I just don't think whenever I see her acting, she just looks like she doesn't care and doesn't really want to be there. I don't know. Was she, what was, who was she in Dreamgirls? Was she one of the, the Supremes? Yeah, she was the, uh, Dina, I think. Basically the big little lead, basically the, the Diana Ross. You saw Rat Race in a theater? Wow. That movie's fun. I know it is good, but it's like seven people saw it in the theater, I think. Yeah. I think the movie, I don't, I don't think that movie has the reputation it deserves. I think it does. I think I think it's not many people have seen it, but those who have seen it yeah, like it a lot. I think it's like yeah. a cult movie. Yeah. Go see Rat Race, kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, what the fuck were we talking about? You were you you looked up, you saw something on Twitter that was talking about oh, Spider-Man being Spider-Man, one of the top girls movies. Yeah. And then we... <laughs> a relevant conversation aside we come back to 30 rock and angie is back on the scene and liz has to cover her and tracy's asses liz Lemon, where's tracy he w- went to the vet his cobra got sick okay hey everybody i'm back from doing whatever liz lemon said and what was that exactly uh, my cobra ramsey he had got sick so i took him to the vet then my thumb got caught in my butt, so I nodded my head until it came out. Come here, you. You smell like a Normaian brass polish. You were at a strip club. It was all Liz Lemon's fault. The whole plan was hers. Oh, come on, man. Tracy Jordan, you are in for a world of hurt. But you're worse. I trusted you. You wear glasses. Your access to Tracy Jordan is cut off. You can't cut me off. This is my show. Oh, not anymore. Everything goes through me now. Goodbye forever, Liz Lemon. Thank you for being my secretary. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Tracy, you so silly. So we come back from the act break, and Angie is already laying down the law of what is and will not be acceptable on 30 Rock on TGS. Normally, I would tell Tracy our sketch ideas. Okay. Uh, in the opening sketch this week, Tracy is a bank robber. With... No. I don't want to perpetuate any black stereotypes. Next. Okay. Well, in this one, Tracy plays a gentleman who wears flamboyant clothes and lives uptown. He's a pimp. He's an entrepreneur. What's the character's name? Slickback Lamar. <sighs> He's also playing Barack Obama. No. We support Cusinich. Listen, Angie, I'm sorry I lied, but you gotta give me another chance. Excuse me. Did you just try to control my body with your white hand? Don't make me contact Reverend Sharpton. I can't deal with you. I want new writers for Tracy, or he doesn't do the show. Grizz.com, start coming up with ideas. We open 
on a lone soldier walking through the desert. The year 1861, the place, Mars. Huh. All right, so tell me who all about Dennis Kucinich. I remember, was he like the... No, I'm thinking of... Um, Ron not, Paul. Not Ron, I kept, I kept wanting yeah. to say Anne. Well, Anne. I, was like, I would say Dennis Kucinich, so he was also a cult figure, sort of, but among a much smaller group. So he was a member of the House of Representatives House of Representatives from Ohio for a while, and he ran for president in 04 and 08. He was, I, I think he became well-known at the time for being, like, very vocally against the war in Iraq. And one of the few, like, obviously post-9-11, a lot of politicians from regardless of party supported, but he, in the years after, he became known for, like, opposing it, voting against, you know, condemning it, you know, resolutions against it, yada, yada, etc. So he became kind of a, I'd say, a Bernie Sanders, so he, he was Democrat, so he's on the left, so like Bernie Sanders, like not the same, he was progressive, not maybe to the same economic degree, democratic social degree that Bernie Sanders is, but he had that kind of cult following if you divide it, like take like 2% of the size of Bernie Sanders' fan base. And like, it was like he had a very small following, but they were very into him. Cause like, I remember I was in college in running up to the 08 election during the primaries. And like, there was like one person, like every, most people were Obama, obviously, cause we were 20 year olds. Some people were Clinton people, but like, I remember there was one dude who was super into Houston. It's like, he had like t-shirts, like stick, like he was super in like, I think he got like 1% of the vote in the Iowa caucus or something. So he dropped out pretty quickly and endorsed Obama. But basically it's, it's like on, I don't know, like it's almost like the perfect 30 rock joke because he's like so obscure, but like he was like culty enough where of why not, why wouldn't Tracy Jordan, Tracy and Angie like be into supporting him? Like we got to get an obscure, because we've already referenced Obama, we've obviously referenced Clinton, and potentially running in this upcoming election in the the year of the show. So let's get one more reference in there. Who else could it be? And like, well, sure, why not? The guy that is the most far down the line of actually being a, a threat or anything like that, and it fits Tracy's brand of just being wild and out there. So yeah, all right. Why don't Why did I keep thinking he was like Ron Paul though? Just because, like, probably because he was like an outlier. old white dude who like had like a, like a very a small but dedicated group of people were like super into him, yeah. and like he was never. Well, I guess Ron Paul was probably a little bit bigger, but yeah, feel, well, because Ron Paul was consistent. It seemed like the last three elections he was not a cons- not a serious contender, but he was always running at least in the last two, if not the last three. Elections. Well, not the last. I mean, it was it would have been was back in the, in the last previous one, wasn't it? No, 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 no. no, no. He was more like oh. At the same time period, really, 0408 was when he was really because like because his big thing was being pro marijuana before yeah. that was really starting being a thing at all. So that was why like younger people who were on the internet like got behind it and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. that's why I got him confused. Like they were roughly around the same time, like both cult figures and like Kucinich like obviously got a lot less attention. But I could see where you could sort of be like, did Ron Paul have a son that was running? Yes. No. So Rand Paul is a senator from Kentucky. He was the one that was trying to run the previous. I don't think he, I don't think he's, has he run? Or they thought he was potentially going to run. Maybe. If he has, I don't remember, but he's, no, but he's been a senator from Kentucky for a while now. Okay. I know Ron Paul mostly from the, it's happening gift. Oh, of course. Well, of course. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. All right. Anyway, thank you for that walk down yes. political lane yeah. with Dennis Kucinich. Yeah, I'm not Kucinich. Kucinich. I'm Kucinich. I'm not sure exactly. I've always I, I can't remember exactly how to pronounce it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Kucinich, yeah. I'm sure there's probably a better way. That's yeah. anyway. 
Oh, actually, we need to play a, a scene from Kenneth and Jenna because he keeps referencing in this episode, we get the first introduction of him continuously referencing his mom's friend, Ron, who we won't actually learn anything really about until season seven when Brian Cranston and Catherine O'Hara come on to do uh, guest spots as, as Ron and, and Kenneth's mom. But a running gag throughout the rest of the series is Kenneth's mom's friend, Ron, and how they would always spend time together and they would they would do their paperwork in, in <laughs> Kenneth's mom's bedroom. This stuff will make you real fat, Miss Maroney. It made my dad's heart just up and give out. And that's what made my mom's friend Ron move in. Huh. Mm. Mm-hmm. Coming in for a landing. Uh-oh, there's turbulence. And now an Indian guy got up to use the bathroom and an air marshal shot him. No, no, I can't. Boy, I wish I had some pig sedative right now. Wouldn't pig sedative cause her to lose weight? Because that just drains you, right? No, I think it's saying, like, calm her down so we can force feed her. I'm thinking... No, not knock her out, just, like, calm her down so we can, yeah. Yeah. Laxative is what I'm thinking. Oh, yes. A different kind of (laughs) tove. Sure. (laughs) I guess we're just going to play every scene with Steve uh, Buscemi in this because, uh, one, he's a, he's a good actor. I just don't think this is his best role as Lynn on 30 Rock, but he's also driving some plot points. And as Jack is just about to get rid of his, his collection of cookie jars, he just can't let them go. But he thinks of any wild excuse to hold on to them. Goodbye, cookie jars. Thank you for taking care of this for me. No problem, Mr. Donaghy. Uh, this is for the best. No more secrets, nothing standing in my way now. Just out of curiosity, what exactly are you going to do with all of these? They'll be taken to Jersey City and incinerated. No, 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 no. I can't have that. Give, give that to me. It's your funeral, Donaghy. I can't destroy them. I'll, I'll give them to someone, a fellow ceramophile. You're like John Kerry with his windsurfing. I warned him, too. Hey, how'd it go with Angie? Terrible. She hates me. She's hijacking the show. I gotta talk to Jack. Oh, you want a scary black lady to be nice to you? Tell her you like her nails. Always works for me at the bank. Miss Lemon, may I speak with you? Sure. Can you walk and talk? Uh, usually, but now you got me thinking about it. Jenna, uh, we have a problem I have. There it is. I'm supposed to be helping Miss Maroney stay fat, but it's not working. How do I get her to eat? Well, a lot of women overeat because they feel bad about themselves. Maybe that's the problem. Everything's going so well for Miss Maroney right now. Yeah, so be mean to her. Women with low self-esteem take refuge in either food or sex. Not me, of course. Hi, I just wanted to meet you, Mr. Mason. I'm a really big fan. Who picks out your outfit, Stevie Wonder? Hey, 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 So you gotta be mean, Kenneth. I guess I could wait for her to drop something and then say, smooth move, X-Lax. That's what my mom's friend Ron would do. Brother. All right, Jenna really wants this, huh? Her career depends on it. Please help. Okay, do you have something to write on? Oh, I got one. Speaking of Steve Buscemi, you watched that show that Daniel Radcliffe and him were in. Was it called Miracle Workers? Miracle Workers. Is yeah. that a limited series? So a- what I've read is yes. So apparently, the the shows are new for a second season, and it's going to have the same actors, but they're doing a totally different concept, like different characters, different plot, different, completely different everything. Okay. So. 
he so played it's, God. So it's like anthology, you said. I guess I guess anthology would be what. Yeah, was that good? It was pretty good. It wasn't great. So, do you ever see Man Seeking Woman? Because it is about that. That was a really good show. I think, especially in its second and third season. So that was written by created and written by Simon Rich, who I think wrote was a writer on SNL, if not head writer. Anyway, so this is a show that he created, Miracle Workers, based off a book that he wrote. Um, I lost okay. my train of thought. <laughs> oh, was anyway, it, yeah. So was I, that were the Lonely Island crew involved with that? Maybe. I feel maybe. like there was a show around that time they were either producing or or it had a very similar premise. Because I love the Lonely Island group. I think they're they're terrific. And any basically any time they get to do work, I'm happy. But I feel like there was around that time they were announced they were doing they were producing something. That I mean, very much they've like done a that. number of shows over the last several years. I don't know. Yeah, and and a lot of movies too. Yeah, most of their movies are really good. It's, um, I would say, seek them out. Yeah, TV shows are hit and miss. They did the Pen Fifteen. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Oh yeah, yeah, they did Pen Fifteen. Yeah, I don't know why I was thinking they were involved in Miracle Workers. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, you should all watch Hot Rod, MacGruber, Popstar, Never Stop Poppin', those three. Those are all really fun, Lonely Island, quirky movies. Hot Rod, I think, is the best of all three of those, just because it's so earnest and being so corny and cheesy that it's it's so lovable. I love it. Hooray! Hooray! Yeah. The weird thing about Miracle Workers was that it was like only seven episodes. It's like, for a comedy, that's like a really really short season like yeah. well i should say for for, for, for for a comedy that was like a straight-up comedy because there are some like catastrophe and fleabag were six episodes but they're also i don't know they, they had a lot of comedic moments but miracle workers felt like a more traditional like sitcom type so seven episodes seemed like very brief yeah for that kind of show was it normal like 30 minute long episodes mm-hmm. well like i mean well, t- 20 TV, 20 TV, minus commercials TV 20 yeah. yeah yeah tv 30 yeah, it seemed like a show that was like, yeah, I'll check that out, and then... You can get through I it really fast. Never really get around to it, but I imagine if it's TBS, it'll probably be on Hulu eventually. Maybe, I don't know, TBS and like TNT are really weird when it comes to streaming. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they, sometimes they pop up on Netflix, sometimes they pop, on, pop up on Hulu, sometimes they don't pop up at all. It mm-hmm. just, it, it, I guess it's just on a show-by-show basis. Yeah. Anyway, the best TBS show is American Dad, and everyone should be watching that as well. No, the best TBS show is Search Party. No, it's yes. American Dad. No, <laughs> it's Search you're, Party. You're not listening. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, so Steve Machine doesn't show up again until 2009, so that would be season three, more than likely. But he shows up twice in season three, and then again in season four, and, near the, and then season six and season seven. So... Yeah, this was the only episode he was in this season, so this is what they submitted for his Emmy nomination. Again, he does a good job. He just does that character so much better in later episodes. So, Well, they didn't know that yet. That's true. They didn't know that he was going to return. They probably thought it was a one-off job. Whatever. <sighs> me but, want cookie. <laughs> but now Liz drops some of her own therapy onto Jack regarding his cookie jars. <laughs> Someone else called about purchasing your collection. A Mr. Uh, Gary Heingarten. No, Jonathan, he lives in Albany. The temperature fluctuations alone would 
These things expand and contract. They're alive, Jonathan. Hey, do you have a minute? Tracy's wife is... What's with the cookie jar? I collect them. Really? Is that some sort of unresolved childhood thing? Nice try. Uh, we never had any cookie jars in my home because my mother never baked us any cookies because she never felt we deserved any cookies. So obviously it has nothing to do with my childhood. But that cookie jar says mom on it. Uh, I don't think so. I've always viewed it as an upside down wow. But it doesn't matter now because I have to um, get rid of them all. Why? Because the guy with the weird hobby never gets the corner office. Lennon, what is going on on your stage right now? Oh, this is what I came to talk to you about. Tracy's wife is out of control. Did you tell her you like her fingernails? No, but I thought that we could give her a consultant credit. I mean, it's meaningless, but it might calm her down. Lemon, I'm impressed. You're beginning to think like a businessman. A businesswoman. I don't think that's a word. Unfortunately, what you've gotten yourself into is not a business situation, but a family conflict, so it's tricky. So what do I do about Angie? I think you'll have to fight her. What? Yeah. You throw her out, she'll probably punch you in the face. Then we eject her from the building and we borrow for life. Now, I think Angie's right hand is you have to work her clockwise. Wait, you've already thought about fighting her? Every time I meet a new person, I figure out how I'm going to fight her. You have a gimpy left knee, right? No, I'm not going to fight anybody, Jack. I'm just going to give her the stupid title and she'll back off. Lemon, you're going to get hit in the face and it's going to hurt like hell. You want to lean in to take away their momentum. Hands up. Come on. I don't want to. Lean in. Come on. Oh, God, lean stop in. it. So Kenneth, heeding Liz's advice, decides to stop by Jenna one last time to help keep her fat and help keep her funny. And she just can't eat because she's too happy. Now that she's happy, she doesn't want to eat anymore. Uh, it's a vicious cycle that all of us movie stars know about. Yes. Hello, Jenna. Still failing at overeating just like you fail at everything in your life? What? You quitter. You gonna quit this like you quit fashion school? Give up like you gave up on your relationship with David Blaine? He's the one who drove the wedge with his magic. Also, you've got so many daddy issues, the only thing keeping you from being a stripper is your weird mole. Kenneth, that's very hurtful. You lied about your brother drowning so people would come to your one-woman show. Kenneth, I've never heard you talk this way. Your toes look like dried-up shrimp. Oh. Mm. Mm. Oh, Daddy. Go on, keep talking. What else don't you like about me? So Liz decides that she doesn't want to fight Andy, so she goes down to tell her she's giving her a consultant credit. Very good. Very good. Yay, confrontation. Here's my cookie. Can I help you? Yes. Uh, Angie, I know you and I got off on the wrong foot here, but I want you to know that I appreciate your contribution to the show, and so I want to offer you... A consultant credit. I don't want that crap title. You think you're gonna buy me off so I'll play nice? <laughs> it's never gonna happen. Okay. I'm ordering you to leave. Excuse me? Get your stuff and get out. Don't make me say it again. No, Liz Lemon, don't do it. Are you stepping up on me? So what if I am? Also, your nails look tacky. Oh, wait a minute! I know! Do I have to fix this situation? I am the immature one. But the both of you, you're forcing me to act like an adult. An adult! And even worse, you're making me stop two ladies from going at it. But I don't care. Because I'm putting my foot down. You put your foot down with me? Uh-huh. Maybe you got to go. 
You're controlling, you're manipulative, you're loud. Tracy, huh? I've never heard you talk like that before. Mm. Mm. Oh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute, get the shirt off. Get it off. Okay, so just to be clear, does this mean Angie is leaving or? Oh no, you guys start with that? That, wow, that is. <gasps> What's the scandalous act you, well. I think it's probably more tame than she thinks it is, but given that she is a very white bread, sex-deprived uh, sex lady, she probably thinks it's more taboo, but I like to think they start with ass, ass, ass stuff first. What do you think? They were kissing. She's a white lady, so she's <laughs> used to just getting it over with real quick. You guys start with kissing? Wow. That's actually really funny, and you're probably right. I bet Liz does it with the lights out. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and lastly, Kenneth is the last vest Bastille? No. <laughs> I don't know what you're going for, but I don't no. know what I'm going for. Bastion. Last Bastion. Oh, there we go. There we go. Jack finds a kindred spirit in Kenneth. And Kenneth is Jack's last bastion for his cookie jars. <laughs> Mr. Donaghy, I've got some bad news. I wasn't able to get Miss Maroney to eat. I'm so sorry. What happened? Well, it turns out she's the wrong kind of crazy, and I guess we have to get married now. Apology accepted, Kenneth. I suppose we're both having a pretty bad day. Ha! <sighs> ah, look at that kooky old cookie jar. I like the upside-down wow on it. You like cookie jars, Kenneth? Well, I guess I've never thought about it that much. We had a nice one back home in Georgia. Had a bear on it. I remember when my mom's friend Ron would come over. They'd go into the bedroom to sort out their paperwork, and I'd just go ahead and stare at that cookie jar. It was almost as if I took every problem that I ever had, and I put it inside that cookie jar. And I sealed it up so tight that nothing would never, ever, ever get out so I guess to answer your question I'd give cookie jars about a B some people have so many problems that there aren't enough cookie jars in the world to contain them uh, well that just makes me sad Kenneth I have a cookie jar collection would you like to have it of course sir I'd love to Always hold them squarely at the base, never by the lid. And should you ever go to the convention in Sarasota, please tell Patty and Beth and all of them that uh, Vic Nightingale says hello. Uh, okay, sir. Are you happy now, you son of a bitch? So some good character work there. It continues to build the parallels between Kenneth and Jack. Mm -hmm. As well as showing that Kenneth really has a lot of oppressed emotions that he needs to deal with. And mommy issues. And daddy and mommy issues, uh, which they do come out. I think they come out in uh, season five or season six. That finally all comes out uh, in a well-deserved multi-season run. Um, but yeah. Uh, very, like you said, very kindred spirit with Jack and, and Kenneth and how they dealt with their problems as kids and broken homes and all that fun stuff. Well, wow. Fun stuff, but, 
Um, yeah, I feel like this is a very therapeutic episode too. Just sort of the way like Jack and and Kenneth and and Jenna are just sort of all dealing with their their problems as adults and what they might linger from from either childhood or teenage or maybe in like adult life stuff. But uh, yeah, solid episode and again continuing off the trend of of last week's episode and then the premiere. Um, yeah, and it's and also very funny. The Angie stuff is funny even though it's pretty racist and 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 reliant on yes, stereotypes one thing we cut was a running thing of if liz tells her that she likes her fingernails angie will like her because obviously all black women they get their fingernails done and they like their fingernails to be praised like yeah i mean it's just lazy like obviously yes like there are lots of black women who like get their nails done but there are lots of all kinds of women who get their nails done it's just a really lazy like for a show of this caliber to but part of me wants to think that that is probably something written from you know the the eyes of maybe an african-american on the writing staff it's probably like in their relation in their life growing up it was just a part of the culture was that women if you and if you uh, compliment their nails you can probably have like an end to I don't want to I don't want to completely paint the show as being racist even though it was relying on stereotypes but it's like it could still be coming from a place of knowledge of just someone's of history of knowing that yeah dealing with some ladies if you compliment their their nails or if you compliment their hair if you compliment them on something you probably can like diffuse a situation rather than just like strictly relying it on as a uh, uh, just a racial stereotype. You're giving it too much slack. It is a bunch of lazy jokes. Well, it is a lazy joke, but we don't know the full story behind it, so we don't we don't want to like lambast it for saying like, oh, it's just a racist joke. But if it is coming from a place of someone on the writing staff's history, then it's like, oh, well, then you not necessarily forgive them for relying on it, but it's like, okay, it makes more sense that why that joke was being made. You can kind of forgive it a little bit, give it some slack. No, it's just lazy. I think you're just judging it way too harshly without knowing the full picture. And I think that's just as racist as these <laughs> racist comments. Uh, no. Yeah. Any other jokes aside from racial commentary about uh, the collection before we wrap things up? No, I thought it was fine. It wasn't my favorite. Okay. <laughs> but it was funny. I mean, there were there, there, were, there were some funny moments. Yeah. I, do, I mean, I, I do enjoy... I think this is still like that... Not pinnacle, but it's still Thirty Rock marching to what it will be known for, just being really wacky, zany, uh, keeping it relatively small cast, and then keeping the stories really tight and sort of uh, interweaving every now and again throughout the run. Um, but since that is the end of this episode, we will wrap it up, and we will uh, next episode. Rosemary's Baby is the one we get Carrie Fisher, so. Uh, we get a look in the life of what Liz would be like if she didn't have maybe all the privileges she has now um, of someone who 30 years before her was in their exact same position. So, and so. someone's carrying Satan as a baby. Rosemary. Yes. It's, it's in the title. Rosemary carried Satan. Was that a Stephen King book? No. Um, uh, was it just Ira movie? Levin was the author, but it was more famous as a movie. <laughs> yeah I, I, I definitely know the movie i've never seen it but I know yeah he movie. also wrote uh the step for wives and a, oh, a couple other things different i've seen the sequel or i mean not sequel. really like think about it they're both i mean they're both like we, weird satires that are like is know. rosemary satire oh absolutely like the well the book is a lot more like comedic a than the movie okay. yeah the, the movie is horror and it it has some of the funny the 
fun i guess quote-unquote funny moments but the book is much more clearly like a satire the, the film is 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 yes um, a lot more straightforward horror okay than the book is fair enough but carrie fisher is always fun so getting to see princess leia is always going to be a, a, a fun touch and, and sadly it's the only time we get to see her on 30 rock we don't get to see her again but this is the resurgence of carrie fisher just basically doing her i don't give a fuck phase on tv and movies so uh, it's nice to see her again uh Sadly, R.I.P., but we've still got Star Wars Episode Nine. She'll make a final appearance in that, and then she'll be off in the Force world or wherever they go in the Jedi Star Wars. Narnia. Yeah, they go to Narnia. Anyway, as always, thank you for joining us on Go To There. Apple Podcasts and Apple Reviews and all that fun stuff is really the best thing to help us out. If you like what we're doing, you can donate to our coffee, ko-fi.com backslash go to there. And I guess that's it. We'll see you next time on uh, episode four of season two, Rosemary's Baby. Dave, take us out. See you next time. Como te amo, por chen.